0: John chapter 3, 14 to 21. Just as Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up, that everyone who believes may have eternal life in him. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already because they have not believed in the name of God's one and only Son. This is the verdict. Light has come into the world Our God comes. He moves. He does not stay put and remain static. His face is turned toward us. His heart is turned toward us. The Christmas story is a story of God's movement from heaven to earth, from divinity to humanity, from a throne to a manger. It is an incredible true story of the extravagant lengths that God's love will go to. Over the next few weeks, we are going to explore this wonderful reality that God comes to us. Today, I want to start by asking, why did God come? Next Sunday, I want to look at, why did God send Jesus when he did And then on Sunday the 20th and Christmas Day the 25th, I want to look at two particular outcomes that result from God's coming that are just peppered right throughout John's Gospel in particular that we heard from there being life and light. Christmas did not start with Jesus being born in Bethlehem. It started with God and with His motivation in John 3:16 we read for God so loved Before God was moved to give us his son he was moved by love Right from the start of creation people God created uh, who he loves have rebelled against him Throughout the Old Testament in spite of God's efforts to rescue and redeem his people They just seemed to keep forgetting what he had done for them. He sent judges, kings and prophets, but people refused to follow. He gave them his commandments. He gave them his prophecies, but people refused to listen. Now, most of us would give up, but God didn't. King David describes in the Psalms what kind of a God he is. And he says, how priceless is your unfailing love? I know personally, my love has limits. (laughs) Anyone who's married will get that. Anyone who's not married will get that. But let's be real. Without the love of God in our hearts, our, our personal resources for loving have limits, don't they? They absolutely do. But God's love is unending. It is unlimited. It just keeps giving and giving and giving. God did not give up on us. For God so loved. And that wasn't in any way a go at Bron. I'm just as hard a person to live with. Uh, I'm a sinful human being. Just wanted to make sure that I wasn't (laughs) digging myself in too deep there. (laughs) The Apostle Paul wanted us to know and understand, for God so loved. In Ephesians 3, he talks about kneeling in prayer. Now, when the Jews prayed, they stood. But Paul, in his humility, in his passion, speaks about kneeling. There is a sense of humility before God. And he writes in verse 18, And may you have the power to understand how, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. Paul's prayer is that we might grasp something of how awesome God's love is. John Stott wrote that the love of Christ is wide enough to encompass all humankind, long enough to last for eternity, deep enough to reach the most hardened sinner and high enough to exalt him to heaven. God's love is so wide and long and high and deep that it reaches out to you and I. Augustine, one of the early church fathers, puts it this way, God loves each one of us as if there was only one of us to love. For God so loved. So God looked on humanity. He looked on us and saw that we were heading for destruction and that we needed saving. People didn't listen to the kings, leaders and prophets that God had sent to lead and warn. So rather than giving up and allowing humankind to receive the condemnation they were so deserving of, God decided to do something so amazing For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. You might be familiar with the term only begotten son. This literally means special, beloved, and was often applied in Jewish literature to Isaac to emphasize the greatness of Abraham's sacrifice in offering him up. We can see in this verse that the giving of Jesus is an act of love. The act is not an afterthought or a last minute emergency plan. No. Love is central to who God is, to the very nature, the essence of who He is, reaching out to all people. God's love is not selective or discriminating, it is universal with no limitations. God comes to the whole world in love, for God so loved. Love is never passive. It is the very nature of love to give the very best and not hold back. And the gift that God gives is so unique, his only begotten, his only special beloved son. The greater the object of love, the more costly the gift. The depth and extent of God's love is indescribable. By sending Jesus, God has made his love available to all who would open up their hearts to receive it. The full extent of God's love was demonstrated at Calvary, the cross of Christ. John refers to this by recalling and paralleling the cross of Christ with Moses, lifting up a bronze snake in the wilderness for the Israelites In Numbers chapter 21, we read the story of how after delivering the Israelites from bondage and slavery in Egypt, they began to complain about God and Moses. As a punishment, God sent venomous snakes among them and several people were bitten and died. They didn't take long to change their attitude and cry out for help. So God gave Moses a solution. Make a snake out of bronze and put it on a pole And then when people are bitten, all they need to do is to look at that bronze snake and they will be healed. And John links this incident all the way back in Numbers with Christ on the cross. Christ will be lifted up and all who look on him and believe in him will be saved and receive eternal life. As much as you and I would like to think we are better than the complaining Israelites, we are not. In fact, all people have rebelled and complain against God. We are all equally deserving of his punishment. But in his great love, he sent Jesus to be a healing agent for all who would look upon him. Of course, the good news is that all who look to him will be saved eternally. But sadly, the opposite is also true. Those who do not look to him in belief are heading for eternal destruction. This breaks God's heart for he desires that no one should perish. God loves sinners and his heart longs for those who are far from him to return home. Jesus told several parables that demonstrated the loving heart of the Father for those who were far from him. And one of the most famous of these stories is that of the prodigal son and the extravagantly loving father in Luke 15. You'll be very familiar with it. Upon the son's return from a life lived in complete disregard for his father, you would expect, at the very least, the father to scold his son, to question his lifestyle, his choices, his behavior, to condemn these rebellious actions before welcoming him home. But the father does the complete opposite. He does the unexpected and embraces the son with loving arms of grace, forgiveness and acceptance. God is far more interested in repentance than in punishment. God's heart towards all who turn against him but are willing to turn around and recognize the error of their ways is filled with love and grace and acceptance. As John writes in verses 17 and 18, For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already because they have not believed in the name of God's one and only Son. The heart of God is not to condemn. Jesus came to rescue, not reject. He gives every reason to believe, but ultimately leaves people with a choice. No one is immune from the deadly effects of sin. But God's heart of love was so moved by our plight that in love he came. He sent his son Jesus so that all who look to him and what he achieved on the cross will find life eternally in him. The cross of Christ is God's love most dramatically displayed. And it is the very heart of the reason why God sent Jesus. His heart was motivated by love. Like that helpless child, unable to change themselves, he had a solution. And through Jesus, he offers to remove, to absorb the sin and the shame and all of those things that actually keep us from God's fellowship. He takes the initiative to remove that which puts a gap between us and Him and allows us to be in perfect fellowship with the Father, with Himself. Christmas began not in Bethlehem, but Christmas began in the heart of a loving God who was motivated by His love and compassion for a people who were rebellious against Him but unable to turn themselves around. God saw that our actions were, um, had us heading to destruction, where we would perish. So motivated by his love, he gave his son Jesus, that whoever believes in him, whoever places their faith in him, will not perish but have eternal life. Christmas reminds us that for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, That whoever believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. Let's pray. Ah, Loving Father, John 3.16, such a well-known passage. And in many respects, such a, a simple message and yet so profound that your heart, Lord was so moved by love and compassion for all humankind that you took the initiative to send your son, that you came to dwell among us. And we thank you that for those who have received your son, we are the beneficiaries of abundant life here and now and eternal life. Uh, Lord, you have given everything and you have demonstrated through your giving how much you love humankind. And so, Lord, this morning, we want to yet again affirm our belief in you. We want to receive you and the gift that has been freely offered and pray that we may live the life that you have purchased for us a life of light a life of hope a life of faith and ultimately a life of love as we enter into this Christmas season may we come to a greater appreciation and understanding and realisation of all that you gave and may we be in turn convicted inspired motivated to be a people who give of your love freely and graciously to all and it's in Jesus name that we pray amen well God bless you thank you for worshiping with us